There is nothing, absolutely nothing, like being able to serve yourself food when you need it. And that's what On Demand is about. You get to sit down at the Word of God when you can, when you're off work, when you have free time, and allow God to speak to you. So you're here with me today to have an On Demand journey. So join me today for a message that will unlock truth in your life and give you peace and blessing, I pray in Jesus' name. Enjoy today's message. Um, can you repeat the top with me, please? Say, dreaming again. Dreaming again. I wanted to start this uh, about a month from now, but I decided to bring it a little bit earlier because I just couldn't wait. I promised you another sermon uh, on teamwork, but I figured, now nah, they already got that. Uh, so I'm not doing that one. I probably did it over the last few weeks in one form or another. The importance is you need to work as a team. Say amen if you got that. Okay, good. That's the end of that series. Now let me move to this one. I want to talk about dreaming. And I, what I did was I have a, a, a graphic. Now, I don't know how the staff's going to show the audience at home the graphic, but I, want to, I hope we can mix it so they can see it. But there are four pictures, four images that are on the screen, four images that I chose. One is a picture of a little girl. The little girl is dreaming, and she's thinking about the future. And there's nothing like kids who dream about the future. The other pictures of a guy looking out over a canyon, and it's like this endless dream. Another picture is of a female who's like looking up and she's dreaming. And another one is about an older guy around my age who's dreaming. At any stage of your life, at any stage of your life, you're, you, 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 you're tempted to dream. But there's nothing more exciting, in my opinion, than when you're a kid. Because you always ask a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? And, that, and their, their response is just magical. I mean, it's just incredible. It's just, oh, man, you have this sense of expectation when you're a kid. I want to be a doctor or a lawyer. I want to be a mother. I want to be whatever you want to be, an entrepreneur. There's something, though, that happens as you age. Because you, if you're not careful, you start thinking, you know, did I achieve my dream? So there are two questions I want you to think about today, two, two simple questions, okay? What is my dream? Say it with me, please. Come on. What, what, don't you think about that right now. What is your current dream? And then second question, say, what was my dream? Say it again. Say, what is my dream? What was my dream? Those two questions. If you think about it for a minute, you had a dream. How did you manage it, though? How did it go? You started out with a clear sense of what you wanted in your life. But all of a sudden now, if you're honest, something didn't go well for some of you. Between the dream and today. What went wrong? Why didn't you achieve what you dreamed? Choices you made, decisions you made. What caused it to happen? Throughout the series over the year, I will talk about that. You know, every year I answer, I answer that question. I, I, I try to answer one question. And I want you to think about this all year long. What is my dream? What, what, what is my dream? And, and, and what do I do to get to it? Now, there are four terms in this study 
We're going to turn to Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. And I'm just going to read a section of a story of a guy named Moses. And, and this is such a great story because it, it has all the elements we need to get us started. There, but there are four terms I want to just kind of say to you so you can kind of be ready for me as we work through this together. Repeat it with me, please. Say cause-driven. cause-driven. Say self-righteous. self-righteous. Dream, failure. Dream failure. Obedience failure. Obedience. Now, under, when we talk about cause-driven, the focus is the cause. When you dream and you have a cause in mind, the focus of the dream is the cause. I want to improve childhood obesity. I want to improve whatever you, you think your cause is. And that's your dream. I want to educate more young people. School teachers do this when they go to school, right? And they get all excited. And I'm going to do it. School teacher. And I'm going to change the world. Change all the world. And so you start out and you get in there. And it's really amazing for me because I get to talk to everybody from the paralegals to the teachers to the VPs to the principals to the, uh, those who supervise all of the principals and then all of those who work in executive offices. And, and in many cases, I've even had the privilege of getting to know some superintendents. And all of the levels of education that I've gotten to know, all the way up to the, to the, to the, um, to the uh, school board, all the levels have frustrations. All of them, all of them. They're all at some level disappointed because they thought in this position I could change everything and they discover they can't. And there's this tension that exists between all the different levels and then bring the parents in and it's really amazing. And so there's this sense of cause frustration. I dream, I pray, I ask but I can't quite get it to all work right. Then there's also something we talk about in the study called self-righteousness, self-righteous, and the focus then is all about self. It's not about anybody else. You're ignoring anybody else. Anybody else's people are important. This is my cause, my dream, my plan for my life, and forget anybody else, and you become self-righteous. You feel you're right, your cause is righteous, and so you stomp on everybody to get there if you're not careful. Thirdly, we'll talk about dream failure. The focus is the dream, nothing else. I'm going to be a successful businessman means if I leave my kid, doesn't care if I doesn't care who I abandon, I am focused on the dream. And when the dream fails, I don't know what to do with myself. What is it like to fail? We'll talk about that. And then lastly, we'll talk about obedience. Sometimes it's hard for people to see this, but let me look, take you on a journey. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Let me show you a guy that is at a unique place in his life. He's been raised by Pharaoh. He's adopted into Pharaoh's family. He has been in, he's, he was um, a Jewish guy that Pharaoh's daughter adopted, fell in love with him. And Moses' whole story is, is great. You ought to read it in, chapter, in Exodus chapter th- uh, 1 all the way through. Uh, the rest of the book, but his, in, in chapter 1, 2, 3, it tells his story and how he was, uh, I think in chapter 1 especially, it tells about how, how he was discovered, adopted into Pharaoh's family. So he grows up in Pharaoh's house, goes to Harvard-like uh, schools. He's educated. He can probably speak many languages. He can do kung fu. He's gifted. He's strong. He looks great. And he has advantage. Can you say that word, advantage? He has advantage, and he's walking around watching his brethren live in slavery. And when he sees his brothers in slavery, he develops this cause, the sense of a cause. I've got to do something about this. But he can't. 
he has an advantage. He's living in the palace. He's wearing, you know, fancy clothes, riding around in a Mercedes chariot, but he can't do anything about the slavery of his brothers. So we get to chapter 3 of Exodus, and we, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 11. It says, now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown. How old was he? Grown. That he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. Think about this for a second. He goes out, and he's one day overwhelmed looking at his, the burden of his brothers. This is the passion of his, and it becomes cause. Something he's driven in his heart to do something about. And he saw an Egyptian one day beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And it it was just too much. You know, you've seen this before, but for some reason today, he wants to do something about this. So he develops this self-righteous plan. It's, It's right to do something about this wrong. So he sets out to do something about the wrong. And boy, watch what he does. He looked this way and that way. Read with me, please, in verse 12. He did what? He looked this way and that way. One more time. Read again. He did what? He looked this way and that way. Pause. Wonder why. He wants to make sure nobody can see him. And this moment, he is thinking about his own cause. He's become extremely selfish, self-centered, and so the focus is me now. I'm going to do something about this on my own. I'm not going to seek counsel. I'm not going to ask anybody. I'm not going to just go up to the guy and say, can you lighten up on the guy? I'm not going to do any of that. Maybe I could because I'm Pharaoh's son. Maybe I can kind of slow down the beating a little bit. But no, I made a decision. So what does he do? He looked this way. He looked that way. And when he saw no one, when he saw no one, it's amazing what you do when you think nobody sees you. It's amazing the lengths you'll go. He killed the Egyptian. Didn't just kill him. Then he hit him in the sand. Now you have to understand, the guy that's being beaten sees all this. One of his Hebrew brothers sees that. Well, I guess he would be like, thank you for saving me from this horrible beating. But watch what happens, and it's just amazing to me. Verse 13, and when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrews men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? <laughs> then he said, uh, the Hebrew guy, his own brethren, the one he was trying to save, remember? He, he, the, the people he wanted to deliver. Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Tell your neighbors, the people talk. Oh, yeah, they talk. <laughs> they talk. So it's, so it's known. Now here's the guy who has a dream. But here's what I want you to think about for this whole sermon. The question is, how is he managing the dream? It's one thing to have a dream, but how you manage that dream, manage that marriage, manage the children, manage the career, manage your money, manage your life. How you, how you manage it is crucial. And sometimes the biggest problem we have is management. This guy is 40 years old and he's got a management problem. He's 40 years old and he's struggling, not with a cause. He's got a cause. Delivering the people is a good cause. Yeah, and he's right. They shouldn't be in this situation. But, but he's managing it wrong. Killing a guy and burying him in the sand is, is, is an amazing moment. So he now has to make a decision. His self-righteousness now has put him in a place where all of a sudden now he has failure. Verse 
verse 13, verse 14 goes on to say, Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. And see, he knew where he was. He's in Egypt. He knows the deal. Now, now they're going to kill me for this. I, I, it's over. And the Bible said this. When Pharaoh heard, verse 15, of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled. Here's what Moses said. Man, listen, uh, shoot. They know I'm in trouble. So let's pretend for a second this is you for a minute, okay? Imagine you find out right now that you can't go back home ever. You can't, you can't, you, you got to get in your car, on your horse or chariot or whatever it was in that day, and never look back. You're not going to say bye to anybody. You're not going to go back and get your 401k. You can't go pick up your laptop. You, you don't need a cell phone because you're running. So <laughs> you, you can never, think about this for a minute, you can never go back. You will probably never see your, your people, your sister or brother again. You know, he had, Miriam was his sister and, and Aaron his brother. You're, ne- you're never going, you can never go back. You have now switched and your whole life's in shame. And the text goes on to say this. The Bible said then he left, he went to Midian, and, he, and I love this part. I always love this part of the story. And he sat down by a well. What's it like in that moment of failure? What's it like to be standing in front of the judge and he says, he says, you have 20 years to serve with no parole. Going to prisons and preaching is always amazing to me because when you go to prisons and you preach and you, you sit there and there's this amazing moment when you look in the face of guys and you know they're never going to be paroled. This is your family for the rest of your life every single thing has changed in your life forever that's what Moses was facing the world shifted everything changed and I don't know I don't know that in those moments that you can say anything how do you explain it how do you, how do you, you know, simple things. People, you know, meet you in Midian, you know, here at the Midian, and people say, hey, hey, where are you from? Um, around. Where'd you get those fancy clothes from? Oh, I just found, you know, you just start lying. You can't say, well, I'm running from Pharaoh, and I'm, you know, I'm, you, you, so failure, when, you, when you're in this place and someone says, so what happened to your marriage? What happened to, what happened to, what happened to? How, how, you know, you don't even want to say, well, I made some bad decisions and I, I, I whatever, what, you, don't, you don't even know what to say. Man, this is a moment when if you're not careful, your dream ends. And some of you attempted to be there because of a failure in your life, because of a circumstance in your life. You don't know if you can dream again because you feel you mismanaged the dream. Can you ever have a friend again? Can you ever have a job that pays again? Can you ever, can you ever, will you ever recover from this? What's really amazing about Moses' story is it's a story about recovery. It's about a person who, after going through a huge failure, one that destroyed his whole name. Remember, everybody behind him, all of his family members said, did you hear what Moses did? He's on the run now. 
And was he wrong? Absolutely he was wrong. You know, it's the kind of guy you want to write off. It's the kind of guy you want to give up on. And let me tell you what. Depending upon what side of the bridge you're on, you could say if you've never done anything like this, you've never did, been wrong, like really failed, that's right, the bum don't need it. That's, you know, you just would write him off forever. But if you're the Moses or the Mosina in here and you failed, you look forward to grace. You look forward to having the opportunity to start again. And sitting there now, watching your life disappear in front of you, it's amazing. It's amazing to even believe that it's possible, especially with your new job description, because he becomes a shepherd. So he goes from working in the palace, being the son of the king of Pharaoh. Now he is tending sheep for 40 years. Does your current job not represent your total skills? Are you in a job that's not where you thought you should be? And, it's, it, and you just, you know, you can't explain a, you know, totally how you got here, but you, you feel the sense of failure. What I love about Moses' story is for God over a 40-year period guides him to a place of healing. And when you see his story again, he's 80 years old. And at 80 years old, his whole world is about to shift and change. God is about to give him an opportunity, a brand new beginning, a brand new chance, something that he never thought possible. And for some of you, this will be the year where you will dream again. This will be the year when you will rise from where you are and your entire world will become more than you ever imagined it could be. This is a guy who deserved to be blamed. This is a guy who was absolutely wrong. But this is the God who can heal and can fix anything. Can we get an amen to that? Come on, church. Come on. He can fix anything. There was one thing, though, that plagued Moses. He had this problem with obedience. Um, he, he, would, he would do things that he knew he shouldn't do. One thing in particular. He had a temper problem. I don't know for you what that one thing is. I don't know whether you tend to just blow up, but Moses was a guy who would just get mad. So one time the Israelites came to him, and they'd come to him several times murmuring and complaining. And in Numbers chapter 20, uh, Moses had an obedience-driven failure, I call it. He struggled with obedience. He just couldn't. He just, he'd get tired of people. He just would, you know, blow up, and he would just let it all out. He didn't care. And so in Numbers chapter 20, this is the most famous moment in Moses' life uh, that describes what happens to people who mismanage a dream. He dreamed that Israel would be obedient. Listen to me, parents, listen to me. You, as a leader, as a boss, as a supervisor, as a pastor, you can dream of people's perfection, but you don't lead perfect people. Can you repeat with me, please? Say, I don't deal with, come on, perfect people, because I'm not perfect. Listen to me, so just because you're in the mix, it's, it's going to be imperfect. So in Numbers chapter 20, verse 7, they said, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. And here's what he wanted me to do. I want you to speak to the rock. Now, they were asking for water, and God says, Okay, it, Moses, just call them together and speak to the rock, and I'll give you water. 
And we just skip down to verse um, 11. Moses lifted up his hand and he struck the rock. How many times did he do it? Twice. He struck the rock. He called them rebels. He, he, he was mad. I can't believe you guys are still, you know, you ever had people do that to you? Yeah, am I in this conversation again? I, do I have to tell you this again? Oh, so you're going to bring me back. And I say, you, don't, you know what? You're going to make me. See, I'm trying to be godly, but you know. And, and so in this moment, he lets out and all of a sudden now everything changes. Are you going to let disobedience lock you out of your future dreams and opportunities? Sometimes if you're not careful, this is what gets you. People will drag you, conversations will drag you into places you don't need to be. And you'll end up frustrated in ways you don't need to be frustrated. You're going to let that supervisor rob you of your career. You're going to allow that, that staff person, you're going to allow this moment to take your gift that you've worked hard, you dreamed for all your life. You're going to allow this to be taken from you. A kid you raised is going to put you in a bad place. There are a lot of people in jail today only because they allowed some one person. One person who repeatedly comes into their life to frustrate them and put them in a bad mood. I'm telling you, there's something about learning how to manage my dream when I'm angry. When I'm frustrated. When I feel wronged. When I have a righteous cause. You may be right, Grandmama, but you need to be careful. You may be right, boss man, but you need to always be careful. Now, I'm going to come back to this uh, in a little bit, but I want to talk about, as I close, two, two more things here. First of all, I want to point out in verse 12, th- there's a, there's a, there is a, a verse in Numbers chapter 3, verse uh, 20, verse 12, they said, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring the assembly into the land which I've given to them. Basically, he says, you know, because you had this temper tantrum, right? Because you did this, you're not going in yourself. Once he smote the rock, he's 100 plus years old and he's still hitting rocks. You're too old to act this way. And so this is, the, this is it. So now all of a sudden, here's the deal. Because you mismanaged this dream, you no longer have it. That's a bad moment. But it can come. This relationship, this marriage, this season, this job, this church, pastor, I'm sorry. You know, I watched it. I've counseled them. And, and you, you sit there and you say, if, if I'm not careful and I mismanage this dream, it can all be gone. Your relationship with your kids, you can destroy it. They'll hate to see you coming. Because every time you come around, you have a lecture. Your big sermon. There's always something imperfect about people, and you're always highlighting it. And then you get ugly about it. You get loud. and I'm your mother. Watch it. Glad you are. I'm your daddy. That's good. But you're over there, and I'm over here. Because it's not safe to be close to you. You still talk about hitting me upside the head and I'm grown. You talk about killing me. I brought you into the world. I'm going to take you out. Well, that's going to make me come to the dinner. I'm sure I'm going to come to the Thanksgiving dinner with you. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's all go to your house. <laughs> the guy who says he'll kill me. I'm not, I'm not saying that there are not things that should be talked about, but there's, there's, a, 
there's, a, there's something Moses has done now that puts him in a category. Now hear this carefully. It can't be fixed. He must now adapt a new dream. You might say, Pastor Rick, are you saying that I can make a decision that can totally destroy your dream? Absolutely I am. You can make a decision. Moses had 100 years to get this right. This was a guy who had a long time to be talked to about his temper. This is not his first explosion. And here's what he told him. He said in verse 12, because you didn't hollow me, you wouldn't make me sacred. That's what hollow means. You didn't make me sacred in the eyes of these people. He says, I am not going to allow you to continue to lead. There are some people, and I'm saying this for somebody in love, they'll march you off to jail because you were like Moses. You would not stop. You can stop today. This is your chance right now. You can park the car right now. Park your crime mobile right now. (laughs) You can park your drug house right now. You can say, you know what? I heard the word of God. The prophet spoke to me and said, now when when they start reading you, you're right. You can't be praying. In the name of Jesus, I bind. You have the right to remain silent. Hold on, officer. In Jesus' name, I speak against this jail. No, (laughs) see, see, you have a chance right now. You have a chance today. Moses had an opportunity. Moses, go and speak to the rock. Moses, don't hit the rock. And there, there, there are moments, I believe there are seasons in your life when God speaks to you. God spoke to me as a teenager. I was 17 years old. I remember very strongly. You, if you want me, I, I, I'll be transparent for a minute. If you want me to use you, here's what you must do. This is what came to me in prayer. I was praying. You must have a handle on your flesh or I will never be able to trust you. That's what came to me. Because you know at 17, you fiery and ready. <laughs> Hormones everywhere. Everything flying. You're trying to pray. If you save, you, you, you save and then you're wondering. I remember I told God one time, I said, Father, I, this is silly. This is, this is the silliest prayer I ever prayed in my life. I'm sorry to say I prayed this prayer, but I'm going to tell you what I prayed. I saw this girl. I said, Lord, if she date me, I'm going to backslide tomorrow. I did. I said that. Isn't that an awful prayer? Why would you pray that prayer? I did. I said it. Thank God she didn't. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> would you be here? I don't know. Half in, half out, up, down, sideways. You got a dream. You want God to be in your life. You want God to prosper you, but he can't prosper you if you're not willing to be honest with yourself. Some of us really are like Moses and won't admit it. We're in a place where we have to make a decision. So the question is, what decision will you make? Moses shows us the power of dreaming again. But then he shows us the danger of taking that for granted. He gives us two great lessons. So which lesson are you going to heed today? What moment are you in? You might say, well, pastor, I'm in the moment where I'm like Moses and I don't know that I can ever have another opportunity. Here's what I love about the Holy Spirit, his love of God. God told him to look over at Deuteronomy chapter 1. I wrote, I wrote it there for you, Deuteronomy chapter 1 and in chapter 3. He basically says, you get to look over Moses. And then in the New Testament, I love this. In the New Testament, if you remember, Jesus had the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew, I think, 17. And the Bible said you saw Moses and Elijah in the promised land. It's amazing. 
Eventually he got there on the other side, but there's a moment when you realize, what, when do I plan to hear God? Do I plan to hear God after I put myself in a place where I can't ever have what I dream? Or do I want to hear God now? Today, right now? And so I want you to do me a favor. I'm going to pause right here. I want to pray. Just stop. Just lift your hand with me. Let's pray. Father, today, what I have said is enough for somebody. Because somebody is deciding right now. He's right. He's right. Today is the day. I need to hear God. Today is the day. I need to make the decision to transform my life, to be honest with myself. I need a new dream. I am just coasting through life. I need a change. I need God's presence in my life. I am not where I thought I would be. But God, I believe with all of my heart, today starts a brand new day. A brand new opportunity. I want you to put your notes down. I'm going to stand on our feet. We're going to go home, but I want you to stand up with me. And I want you to think about these two or three things. One, I want you to think about the danger of not having a dream in your life and just existing. The Bible says that unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. If you live your life without a clear sense of dream and purpose, you'll be a heart-sick person. You'll never feel fulfilled. You'll go from guy to guy, woman to woman, man to man. But the Bible said, but a sudden good break can turn life around. The King James says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. When the dream comes alive in you, that's what you want. Father, I want to have that sense of dream and purpose. The Bible said, where there is no knowledge people are destroyed he hosea 4 6 says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge there's something about having a clear sense of knowledge revelation about where i'm supposed to go in my life that gives me the sense of fulfillment and happiness i don't need to bounce from guy to guy woman to woman person to person job, church to church job to job i can have a sense of fulfillment in my life and i can i can i can absolutely enjoy it being here father let this be the day that we say god heal our hearts ignite a flame in us help us stop the train today and invite you in to ignite a dream in us may we not just exist but may we get our our eyes in a forward direction and declare that we want to really live life the way you prescribed it. Free, blessed, strong, confident, not insecure. And so we leave today asking you to come into our lives in a real way 
and guide us to a place of balance and maturity. And may we leave behind that dreamless life where we don't know what we're doing. We're just coasting through life. And God, I declare in Jesus' name in this new series, this new study over the next year, that we're going to become dreamers again. People that haven't even thought about in a long time, what is my dream? We'll start thinking about new dreams, new visions. They won't just stop with their children and their grandchildren, but they're going to go beyond that. And they're going to dream about their life. Would you lift your hand with me, please? Say, this is, come on, say it loud. Say, this is my life. You haven't even said that in a long time. Come on, say, this is my dream. What is that? Not your husband's dream. Your dream. Your life. Don't live through your children. Live your life. Let them wonder where you are. Stop worrying about where they are all the time. Let them call you sometimes. Be busy and say, call you back. Click. Come on, say amen. Come on, amen. I'm busy. I'm going somewhere. Christina got a habit of calling. Where y'all at? See, now you want to know where we are on a date. And that's what we <laughs> Oh, man. I hope I made you smile. I hope you think about what I said today. Let's last prayer and we're out the door. Every head bowed. Father, I pray for people today who would say, my dream is to start a walk with God. My dream is to be right with God. My dream is to, to improve my walk with God. That's what I need, Pastor. I need to dream again that I could be spiritually connected. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Ricky, that's me. Pray for me. I want to get my life going in the right direction spiritually. I want you right now to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I see one. I see two. I see three, four. Do I see where you have five, six, seven, eight, ten plus people? Twelve. God bless you. Father, we pray for all of those who raised their hands today. We ask you in Jesus' name, let this be the moment when their lives will change forever, where they will never be the same, where they say, today was the day that I had a new dream spiritually. I want my life to go in a better direction. I want to serve the living God. And Father, we give you praise for them in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Come back next week. Well, I pray you enjoyed today's message. I pray that it lifted you up. You know, the Bible said the word of God can go down to the very marrow of the bone. It can reach into the very deep parts of your soul. And I hope you were blessed today. If you like the message, it helped you link it and send it to a friend. I really appreciate you being with us today. And I pray that God will use this word to bless you and many others. You have a blessed day. God bless.